Amen. I like that song. I, Silent Night's a great song, isn't it? Amen. Well, let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Revelation chapter 20 and talk about Christmas tonight. No, we're not. <laughs> okay. My wife said, so um, you're doing a Christmas message tonight, aren't you? I said, that'd have been a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that'd have been a good idea. So tonight we're going to finish up our series on judgment. <laughs> this is the fifth judgment, all right? And so we're going to finish that one up, so we'll do the best we can, right? And we'll try to move quickly. We've got a big meeting tonight with some of those that will be involved in the program Sunday, and I want to get this thing moving along. All right, Revelation chapter 20. Let's begin reading in verse 7, and we'll go from there. When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall loose, uh, be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breath of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and, and the beloved city. Fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now we've been addressing and dealing with judgments, and we said the first judgment was the cross. And I know there are some others we could probably turn to, but we have emphasized and focused on literally just five, just simply five. And the, one, the first one was the cross. And of course, we know there that sin was judged, and we're grateful for that. We see that the judgment seat of Christ in the air, where we meet, where Christ brings us into the air, and then we are, uh, while the tribulation is going on, we're going to see that uh, there's the judgment seat of Christ taking place. And down on the earth, while that's uh, taking place, we're going to see another judgment. That's the Jews being judged during the Great Tribulation. So we've got the rapture of the church, and then while the church is being raptured out, they're going to go to their judgment, the judgment seat of Christ on earth. The Jews are going to be being judged, and God is going to use the Antichrist as the instrument by which to judge them. Then we see the fourth judgment is going to be the judgment of the nations. We said that's going to be in the valley of Jehoshaphat, or the Kidron Valley. And we noted that, and uh, of course, that's at the revelation of Christ. That's when he returns, uh, at, we often refer to as the second coming. And so when he comes back in the clouds and takes us out, we go to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. On earth, the Jews are being judged, uh, and uh, we're going to see the judgment of the nations. And uh, excuse me, we're going to see the, the, the being judged, the Jews being judged in the tribulation. Then we'll see the judgment of the nations when Jesus Christ returns at the revelation. Now, this judgment follows the thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And it's, of course, called the Great White Throne Judgment. It's probably the one that more people are familiar with than any other. And um, 
it's because it's kind of one that's probably been preached on more than uh, most as well. But we want to begin in verse 7, and we're going to work right on through as quickly as we can and do our best to try to, you know, just bring out a little bit about this particular judgment as we close this series, this particular uh, portion of the series down. So let's pray. Father, we do ask that you'd bless us, encourage us tonight. May we learn something from your word. We come to church, Father, to worship you, to praise you, but also to glean from your word and be, Father, equipped and encouraged, Father, to continue in the faith. Bless us now, we need you. We'll praise you, we'll thank you for all you will do. In Christ's name, amen. All right, so verse number seven, uh, uh, right off the bat, the Bible tells us there, it says, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And at the close of the tribulation, of course, the beast, the false prophet, were cast into the lake of fire. Now, Satan's been bound for a thousand years. We, we know that. Now he's being loosed from his prison. And uh, we know that the righteous uh, will be resurrected. They'll per- be permitted to reign with Christ a thousand years. And so, um, uh, excuse me, I just, let's see here. Let me, I just messed that up. I, let me change my notes. I didn't say that. It's not in my notes anymore. All right, so anyway, the false prophet and the, the beast were cast into the lake of fire. We are aware of that. And uh, we know that at the end of the thousand years, Satan will then be loosed. That's what I was trying to say. But in the meantime, during the, revel- the tribulation, or during the millennium, we're going to see that these uh, righteous uh, will be resurrected and permitted to live and uh, reign with Jesus Christ during that millennial period. And so many of them will go through the tribulation, and if they did not receive the mark, uh, they'll enter into uh, the uh, millennium. But then there's also those who died as a result of, you know, not taking the mark, and they were martyred on behalf of Christ, and they're going to be resurrected, and they will live and reign with Christ during the millennium as well. Revelation 20 verse 4 says, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus." For the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads and in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So here they are, they're going through the tribulation, they choose not to receive the mark of the beast, good choice, but it costs them their life, they die, they're resurrected to go on into the millennium and rule and reign with Jesus Christ for a thousand years. And so we're seeing that here, uh, that uh, uh, Satan is... uh, uh, is going to uh, be uh, locked up and uh, for a thousand years during this millennial reign. Now, verse eight: Satan's going to go about once this is over with and the millennials ends. It's the, uh, the millennial, the millennium, <laughs> and, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters. A lot's happening here, okay? In these short few verses. So this thousand years has expired now. Satan is now being loosed from the prison. He was bound. Now he is loosed again at the end of the thousand years. And he's going to go out to do what he does best, deceive people. And um, the nations will have functioned under the rule of Christ for a thousand years to this point. So as we look at it, we see Jesus Christ. He, he returns, of course. He takes the church out. Uh, we see the Jews being judged in the, uh, the tribulation period. We go to the end of the tribulation. Uh, we have the, the return of Jesus Christ. 
which is called the Revelation. We're going to have the judgment of the nations. Remember, the sheep and the goat nations. Those sheep nations will go on into the millennium, and those saints that died in the, the tribulation that lived for Christ that would not take the mark are resurrected, and they go on into the millennium as well. They rule and reign with Jesus Christ a thousand years. Satan has been bound, and he's been in prison for a thousand years, but that thousand years is coming to an end, and Satan is loosed again. And so now he's out deceiving the nations. And that's what we see. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, together to gather them to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And so man, after a thousand years of dwelling with God, I mean, literally standing face to face with God, the Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ, experiencing the peace, health, wealth, and prosperity that they will during that thousand years. They're going to rebel against God. It's hard to wrap our minds around that, isn't it? They're going to rebel. And, you know, we've looked at dispensations in the past and in our study here. It's been a long time since we studied those uh, in this study. But, but we talked about those, how that in every single case, that as God gave a, a new dispensation, kind of a, another test of mankind, every single time it proved that man was just a sinner. It didn't matter what the circumstances. And in this case, you know, even as man failed the test in every other dispensation, this one's no different again. Because as that thousand-year millennium reign takes place, they're there with Jesus Christ in person, watching and listening and uh, being a part of it all. And, and, they've, and mankind has always said some things. They said, if only we could see God, we would believe and we would obey him. If only we could see him. If you could prove to me there's a God, I'd believe. If you could show me God, I would not question it. If I, oh, well, man's going to have that opportunity. But you know what they're going to do anyway? Rebel. They say, you know, if only the environment were different, if only all the negative influences of our society and culture were removed, then things would be different. If everybody had the equal chance, if, every, if we had equity in our world, whatever that's supposed to mean, but if we had equity and everybody was equal and everybody had equal opportunity and, and everybody, nobody had any strikes against them, we would all live right and be right and do right and we would honor God. Really? Because that's what will happen in the millennium. They'll have every chance, but it won't work. This man will still fail. Man will only obey out of fear of, of the Lord, not out of the love of the Lord or for the Lord. It's, a, it's, a, it's called feigned faith or feigned obedience. And that's exactly what mankind will have. And instead, in the end, when Satan is loosed out of his prison and he goes about deceiving the nations, mankind will gather themselves together and go to war against Jesus Christ and Jerusalem. That's crazy. Their number will be innumerable, like the sand of the sea. I wonder how many uh, pieces of sand there are at the sea. You say, I have no clue. Exactly. Boy, I, I, the number will be innumerable of these that have gathered together, that were deceived, that ultimately come together to thwart God's authority, to ultimately dethrone him and uh, once again do away with him and the people of God. The question arises, well, where do all these people come from, right? 
I mean, we estimate at least, minimum, a half of the uh, human race will die during the tribulation. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to wrap your mind around those kind of numbers. There are 7 billion people in the world. 3.5 billion of them will at least die during the tribulation. We say that's crazy. Well, yeah, God's, I mean, it's going to be judgment. We've never seen anything like it. It's called great tribulation, the Bible says. He said if the days weren't shortened, then even the very elect couldn't handle it. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be really bad. So where in the world do all these people come from that are going to be innumerable? Well, you've got to think about this. You've got 1,000 years where people are, are, are enjoying health and wealth and prosperity that only God can bring, as well as longevity. People will once again live to be hundreds of years old. The Bible implies in the book of Isaiah that a child will be just a simply, will be considered a child at a hundred. It'll be just like it was pre-flood. It'll be people living to be five and six and seven and eight hundred years. There may be some that are born in the millennium that will literally live into the new heaven, new earth. That's a sad state of affairs though, isn't it? To think that after a thousand years living with Jesus Christ, now all of a sudden people, when given opportunity to rebel, will rebel. You say, how's that happen? How's that possible? How is it that just a month before Satan is loosed out of his prison, everything seems to be going real well? And then it just seems to fall apart. First of all, their hearts are already, had already become cold and calloused. We see evidence of that in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 12. Even as we enter into the, tribu- uh, into the, uh, the um, tribulation period and in the midst of it all, when it says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Listen, hearts will become cold even during the reign of Jesus Christ. They'll not appreciate what they have. Number two, it testifies of the weakness of the flesh. The Bible tells us, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's what Jesus told his disciples. The flesh is weak. Satan's going to be loosed, and what happens? They're going to just succumb to the temptation. They'll have grown cold and indifferent toward Jesus Christ and the word of God, and then Satan himself will be loosed, and boy, would that just let a little bit of fuel and being cast onto that human fire that dwells within each of us, that sin nature, it'll just explode. And number three, it reminds us of the unparalleled influence and impact that Satan has on mankind. The Bible says in John 8, 44, the Lord said, ye are of your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he's a liar and the father of it. He's been at this a long time. He's gotten pretty good at it. He has a lot of impact, makes a lot of, uh, has a lot of influence and impacts humanity like we can't even wrap our minds around. You think what's going on in our nation is coincidental? You really think it's because of special interest groups that we're turning into what we are? You think it's just because some people have gotten off track and are immoral today, and as a result, they're just pressing that mor- immorality on all the rest of us? No, it's a satanic attack. There's nothing that's coincidental about this at all. It isn't just the last regime that got into office that's turned everything loose. It's Satan at work, and he's been working and moving for years and years, and it's manifesting itself now like never before. And you think, uh, you think about how quickly things have changed in America. 
I can't even imagine how fast it's going to change in the, 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 uh, uh, the, the millennium, at the end of the millennium, when Satan was not around to light those fires within humanity, and now he is at full force. And man, it's going to get bad fast, like never before. It's going to be amazing. Verse 9 says, And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Their rebellion is very short-lived as fire falls from heaven and consumes them. It's pretty simple. And finally, we arrive now at 10. The Bible lets us know that the devil at that point is going to be cast into the lake of fire. That's exactly where the beast and the false prophet have been the last thousand years. Now he's going to be cast in with them. And the Bible tells us, interestingly enough, I think again it says he's going to be cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now it's interesting wording. It's, it's not just he's going, they're going to be tormented forever and ever. He makes sure he says day and night. You know, it's interesting. When I go to work, I usually work the day shift or the night shift. So I have to work during the day, and I usually get the evening off to sleep, rest, or do whatever I choose. Or I work the night shift, and I have the day off to sleep or to do whatever I choose to do. I'm going to tell you in hell, you don't get night or, or evening off. It's 24-7, seven days a week, 365 and a quarter days a year, forever and ever and ever and ever. And that's what he's telling us. No time, no break whatsoever at all. No reprieve, none whatsoever. Night and day forever. And you know, that's impossible. It is literally impossible. You say, oh, I kind of can wrap my mind around that. No, you can't. You can't wrap your mind around it any more than I can, eternity. We can't wrap our minds around this forever, night and day, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. We can't do it. You know why? Because we live in a world where we are bound by time. We can't understand what it is to be timeless. That doesn't even, doesn't, we doesn't even ring in our minds. It is forever. That means nothing to us. We try to illustrate it and things like that. Oh, you see this piece of paper, you know, let's just assume for just a moment that that's where, you know, Jesus was when, uh, I mean, that's where God is in the beginning. Uh, we don't know when he started, but it's way past that. But anyway, that's when he created. And, and then we got this little piece of paper. You know what that is? That's your lifetime. That's my lifetime in eternity. And then you'd, you say, wow, that's a long time. But there's an end to it. See, there's a wall. There's no wall. And it, for us, we can't, we can't wrap our minds around this. Verse 11. Now we get into this judgment. The earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. The great right, white throne judgment isn't taking place on earth then. Peter points out that the heavens... And the earth are being burned up while the wicked are being judged. Turn if you would to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. There's going to be a new heaven and new earth. And so while that's all being taken care of, this judgment's taking place. The thousand year millennium has already transpired. Satan has been cast into the lake of fire. 
and now there's a new heaven, new earth being put into place, and at the same time, there's this judgment, the great white throne judgment. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, but the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. The earth's going to be burned up. Notice verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. The day of the Lord meaning the day, that, just, well, let's just keep reading. We don't have time to go into that tonight. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and an element shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in, holy, uh, in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heaven shall be on, uh, shall, uh, heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. This thing's all going to burn up. That's what he's saying. It's all going to burn up. And, but we look for a new heaven and a new earth. You want to know why? Because we have hope of it. We know we're going to be around for it. Verse 12 and 13, it's going to talk about how the fact the books are open. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And again, the implication is, is that their deeds are going to be revealed at this time. That there's been a heavenly recorder that's been writing down everything that's being done on this earth and in the lives of each and every one of us and in the minds and on the lips and tongues of all of us. All of that's being recorded, if you will. And he's telling us the books are going to be opened. Again, the implication is that it's all been recorded. It's all written down. It's going to be there in black and white the day that we make our way to that judgment, if indeed we're judged there. All of humanity will face the judgment at some point. Where and when is up to us. But in this case, the books will be opened, and that book of life will also be opened. They are judged, it says, out of the books according to their works, what they have done, what they've said, the, the deeds of their life. And again, they're not being judged necessarily to see whether or not they deserve eternal life or they don't deserve eternal life. That's not really the issue. I mean, that's already been taken care of. They've been, uh, they're, they're, they're already been uh, burned up. <laughs> they're in hell right now. And they're being resurrected out of hell to stand before the judgment. And now they're being judged based on how stiff will their punishment be. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Okay, it's a works judgment then. It's not a heaven or hell judgment at this point, because these guys are all going to hell. That's a given already. Now it's a matter of how bad's the punishment. Some are going to be sentenced more severely than others, but no one's going to escape. And now, if there are any righteous that die between the first resurrection and the resurrection of this wicked that will be brought forth for this judgment, 
then what happens to them? Where are they at? Well, they might be judged at this judgment too. You say, well, wait, I thought it was only the wicked. Well, it's kind of interesting. Look in verse 15. It says, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It kind of leaves a little door there to say, wait a second. So if, you know, so whosoever was not found written in the book of life. So you mean there might be somebody that is? Could there be? I don't know. Possibly. So there could be those that were, were resur- those that, that were not judged yet, that were righteous. They're going to stand before the Lord there, and guess what? They're going to, they're going to get through. They're not going to be cast into the lake of fire. And that's a good thing. Death and hell, verse 14, were cast again into the lake of fire. Again, these are sentenced. They have had a death sentence, if you will, to spend an eternity in the same exact place that the devil himself is being sent to. Verse 10, the Bible says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. It's going to be one big party, right? No. No party. Yeah, nobody's having a good time in hell. Or should I say the lake of fire? Nobody. Nobody. I'm always amazed and I run into people that say something like, I'm just going to go down there, we're just going to have a big party. No, you're not. That's, you're being totally deceived, you're deceiving yourself. That's, that's not the way it works, okay? It's not the way it works. It's sad, but it, it's unfortunately the way it is. So, he talks now here about the second death. Um, he, he talks about, in verse 14, death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. So those who died in disobedience and rebellion against God's plan, doesn't matter whether they were Old Testament, New Testament, tribulation saints, or millennial, uh, excuse me, new, uh, not saints, but tribulation uh, folks that went through the tribulation or those that went through the millennium, if they disobeyed God's plan, if they failed to follow and to uh, submit to and yield to the plan of the Lord, and uh, well, then they were sent to hell when they died. And... Um, that hell compartment is the same one we read about in Luke chapter 16. When it says, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. So hell is still there. Remember, hell continues to enlarge herself, the Bible says. So in, in every dispensation and and age, if you will, those who were rebellious to God and his plan end up in that place called hell. Even if it was the millennium and they chose to rebel against God and the iron rod comes down hard on them, one way or the other, they end up in hell. Guess what? Uh, They're going to be resurrected now and they're going to stand at this judgment and they're going to experience a second death. You remember that that's that body that we read about in Luke chapter 16, he lifted up his eyes being in torment. How do you lift up your eyes if you're just a spirit? You've got some kind of fleshly body, a soulish body, something's going on here. But see, they're going to die the second time, they're going to lose that body now. They'll lose that body. They had a body in this life, it's flesh. They had a soulish body in that eternity, that place called hell. Now they're going to be Cast in the lake of fire. 
Whosoever was not found written in the book of life. It's going to be an ugly day that, that time. It's going to be horrible. We read about Ecclesiastes 12.14 reminds us of it. For God shall bring every work into judgment and every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So, it seems to imply that there just might be some that are found in the book of life, though. And if that's possible, you say, who might those be? Well, I don't know. 100%, I doesn't, the Bible doesn't talk a lot about the Old Testament saints and how, they all, how that all pans out with them. Tribulation saints at the judgment, maybe, I don't know. Um, for sure those living and dying during the millennium, though, I mean, we can see them standing there. Those who were obedient, those who were faithful, yeah, I can see them being judged at the great white throne and having their names in the book of life. And they don't get cast into the lake of fire, but they move on to the new heaven and new earth. But if you're not found in the book of life, you're cast in the lake of fire. It's a scary prospect. It's amazing that, um, you know, a number of years ago, there was bumper stickers as we closed. There were all these bumper stickers, no fear, no fear, no fear, no fear, no fear. And uh, if you're not confronted with truth and you don't believe it to be true, then I guess you have nothing to fear. I listened to... Uh, interviews sometimes with people who are lost just to listen to how people try to work with them and some of the things they'll say to them and I'm amazed sometimes how people believe they have answers even though they have no answers they're really convinced they're okay because they, they, they say well you say well do you believe this they say well I, I, I don't know well what do you believe about this well I believe this okay well tell me a little bit about that and they have no, they don't even know what they they don't even know what they're talking about they can't even explain what they say they believe. The devil's good at getting us to question God's word and ultimately deny it even. But in the end, at this judgment, there'll be no escaping it. If a person has yet to receive and accept Christ in this dispensation, they will stand before God, the great white throne judgment, and they'll be cast into the lake of fire. As simple as it is. Doesn't matter how good or godly they appear. Doesn't matter how saintly or kind they come across. It doesn't matter whether there are family members or friends or neighbors. There's no, it doesn't matter, good or indifferent. It doesn't matter. The good person spends an eternity next door to Satan himself. That's what's so alarming. It's sad, isn't it? Good people will burn in a lake of fire forever and ever because they have failed to receive and accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. We got to do a better job, don't we? We really got to work harder, don't we? There's a lot at stake here. And sometimes you and I both, I'm pointing at me mostly right now, can forget about how serious and somber that place could, is and how real it is. The Bible says, if we're not written in the book of life, you're going to spend an eternity separated from God in the lake of fire. Father, we ask, Lord, for your leadership. We thank you for all you do for us. And, Lord, there's so many people that are lost and without you. And, Lord, we need to be very aware of that. We need to be conscious of it daily. And, Father, help me to be more conscious of it. And, 
Lord, I pray you'd bless uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ and help them too. And it's hard, Lord, as we to think just to even wrap our minds around eternity and then to consider that there'll be folks that will literally pay a eternity for just a simple lifetime of pleasure. To deny you for these few years that we have will cost us an eternity separated from you in a place called the lake of fire. Help us, Lord, to be very passionate toward others and help them to recognize and see their need of Jesus Christ before it's eternally too late. We'll thank you, we'll praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand.